0: Season two. Loki trash. Look, we have a voice. How you how you gonna get better the next day? From
1: the bathroom counting money to negotiating contracts. Getting your voice out there and identifying your voice. We wanna get ahead of the police, seeing us as criminals. Sharing opportunity, you know. We wanna get it back to to a space where
0: lyrics matter and there's substance behind what you're saying. And let's know these kids. Cause some of these kids just need somebody to acknowledge them appreciate
1: everyone else's roles.
0: You know, keep healthy relationships.
1: Just buckle down on the craft. And if you fail, guess what, we're here for you. But if you quit, there ain't nothing I can do for you. Mm. You're on your own.
0: What's going on, everybody? This is Loki Trash. You here with Berg? Uh-huh. And today we got Donjay with us. Yeah, yeah. The flyest.
1: I appreciate that. The photographer. Low-key trash in the building.
0: Tell them Where you mm. from?
1: Originally?
0: Yeah, let's start. Let's start. Let's yeah, start.
1: One of my, my um closest friends, he always throws this against me. I was born in Staten Island. But up until 1990, I lived in Harlem, and I moved to Hunts Point. But, you know, I kept on coming back, and then I was always back and forth to Harlem. So it's like Harlem or Hunts Point, not Staten Island.
0: You're not from Staten Island.
1: <laughs> so if you run into a guy named Samaj that says, yo, he's really from Staten Island, <laughs> do not believe him. I was just born there.
0: That's kind of crazy, because I know, I know people from New York are very specific about that when it comes down. Because, you know, from outside of New York, you just say you're from New York, and everybody's like, okay. But when you come into New York, it's, it gets broken down even more and more and
1: more. One of the guys that came in from Brooklyn, he was asking the artist, he was like, oh, you from Harlem? And he's like, nah, El Barrio. <laughs> like, yeah, nah, I rep El Barrio. And of course, El Barrio, the East Side, Spanish Harlem is inside of Harlem. Okay. But it's just that you know we have so much pride, yeah. and it's like yo, you all from Harlem, but I right, we get it. That's that's real though. Man. And it was weird. I just had this conversation the other day about I was at this conference and talking about the Bronx and resiliency and how the Bronx is changing and like whether it's for the better or worse or gentrification. And I was explaining to this lady that like when I was in high school, mm-hmm. it was like Harlem brooklyn yeah washington heights and then the bronx was like in a little corner (laughs) over there and it was like hey who's taking the six train home with with the bronx guys and there will be like five seven of us so you know it it gets like that yeah the bronx is on top
0: Mm. you are a photographer and obviously you said you shoot videos can you explain to me a little bit about that journey you've had since you started
1: in hunts point the neighborhood that i'm from and it's ironic because they've kind of been ahead of the curve for so many things Mm-hmm. And I'll explain why. Hunts Point had a community center called The Point, right? They were a nonprofit. They still exist. They're about to embark on their 25th year anniversary. Mm. So we're about to do some big things. They had a program at The Point called ICP at The Point, which was International Center of Photography at The Point. So it was a black and white, darkroom-based, film developing and shooting program. This mm. is like, way before digital Photography took off, so my journey kind of started there. And um, I used to go to the point. I tried mm-hmm. break dancing with, like Crazy Legs used to teach the class. Oh shit, that's kind rock good. steady crew. Yeah, it's what? a real like hip hop. Wasn't good at it. They had a class where you would paint like silk scarves, and cause art was like my first thing. But mm-hmm. I didn't stick to that.
0: It's still art. That's just another mm-hmm. another form, you know.
1: Yeah, so I had to like transform. Music wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. We had um Latin jazz percussion, led by Mr. Angel Rodriguez and he's world-renowned and boom, 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 boom. I didn't stick to that. But then the photography thing, it was new to the point, and I was like, yo, this is... And this was the first year that they did this class. It was me, a couple of people that were my age, but everybody else was older, and it was like, all right, it'd be like 20 people in one classroom from all walks of life, Mm -hmm. different ages. And being that I was the youngest, and they were teaching me how to develop film.
0: Would you like your favorite part? Of 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 uh, photography, is it like the the composition, the effects, the mood, content? What would you say is your favorite part of?
1: I think like the mood, yeah. Like it's it's just it's to me it's more like a mood, self-expression, mm-hmm. just kind of like telling your story. You're able to tell your story through the camera. It's your way out, your way of of expressing yourself. And to me, that's kind of like the first thing. Like of course, people you know, make money off of photography. Mm-hmm. Being a photographer, you're always behind the scenes yeah. because you have to, in a sense, make somebody else look good. Oh, I'm shooting this person's clothing line. I'm shooting this person's video show. Yep. I'm shooting this person's magazine cover. So it's like you never really get to meet or see the artist. But being true to self, like serving your purpose, of course you'll, you'll make a living helping other people. Mm-hmm. But getting your voice out there and identifying your voice is hardcore principle for me. And then everything after that is just like, you know, all the technical stuff. Using that to express your voice and being therapeutic. I was kind of bashful growing up, but that helped me communicate with people. And they said something to me first, so I said something to them. Yeah, That kind of like opened the conversation. So I think that was still like my favorite part of it.
0: Who were some of your inspirations in in the photography world?
1: I studied so many photographers, but, you know, like like Richard Avedon, Annie Leibowitz, a lot of the greats. But there's also another tier of great people that I kind of use when I'm, like, communicating to my students. And those are the people that inspired me, you know what I'm saying? For instance, Johnny Nunez. Like, he's not taking these pictures where they're, you know, like, it has this artistic a- aesthetic. But he literally blew up off of, like, capturing the moment mm-hmm. as is. So I love Johnny Nunez for that. And Jamel Shabazz, those are kind of, like, inspirations. Jamel, I worked with him once, moments as well. Like, you know, I show my kids this work all the time, and I'm like, listen, he captured these moments. It wasn't really technical, like, light or whatever, but they were kind of fashion and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The big Dookie chains, the, the Canal Street Sherlings, Gazelle glasses, the jelly rolls on the, the Adidas and the Pumas. If you got the crease in your pants back in the days, yeah. you, you was considered fly. Like he captured all of that. Yeah. Just because of the opportunity of having his camera and communicating with people. So those are kind of like my inspiration.
0: I definitely get that feeling when I see. You. Sometimes I won't even be I won't even be paying attention. I'll just be looking at the picture and then I'll see you in the corner.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. Do- Don Jay did <laughs> yeah. it, yeah.
0: Can you tell us about Don Jay Did it?
1: You know what? It... It just came. I was like, before anybody did anything, Don J did everything. Yeah, like it just came. Like <laughs> Don J did it, so I just ran with it. Around the time Instagram came out, I realized like Instagram could really be like your marketing tool to generate mm. some money and business. That's what it is. So that just came from probably doing like doing things that that people don't don't think that I've done or I did that just kind of seem awkward. I feel like
0: that was like your, that's like your brand though that was that right, was your right, brand right. like you like, was the only one like you said he was the only one taking pictures like that He was the only one I knew who was right. like a photographer besides maybe Silas but, right, like, right. you know what I'm saying like so you have a, a photo program in Red Hook
1: this program kind of spawned out of the program in Hunts Point Jimmy Moffitt great friend of mine and he used to fund the photography program that we had at Hunts Point he had a agency called art and commerce it represented all the high photographers and when you see let's say like a gucci ad or something like that mm-hmm. art and commerce was responsible for whatever the makeup artist mm-hmm. the photographer like it was like a one-stop shop agency he wound up selling it and another friend of mine mike g who grew up with jimmy kept on telling me like listen you know stick around we're gonna do something like something is coming mm-hmm. so sandy hit red hook the um, Hurricane Sandy, yep. it kind of pushed what we wanted to do a little bit back. Yeah. So we didn't have the space, we didn't have the studio, but we had schools out there. Brooklyn High School, Summit Academy. We came in there, we had brought in our cameras, memory cards, everything that the kids needed. And our curriculum was, how do you define community? And what does community mean to you? You've been through this firsthand, you, you kids are residents of Red Hook. Yeah, so that's, that's how Red Hook Lab started. We're still standing. We moved our space. We, you know, the, the overhead was kind of crazy, but we're still standing. You know, these kids are getting opportunities. Our students just shot the WNBA campaign, just shot and modeled for Converse. So we're getting all these, like, high-end gigs, and these people are cutting checks for the students to do it. Calvin Klein, we did a couple of their campaigns. Yeah. The list goes on and on, but everybody's jumping on. And to me, that's, like... Golden, you know what I'm saying? Like, one of our students, Denise, Barney's commissioned her to do their lookbook. um, This is off from that program. All off of Red Hook Labs. So we're making, we're we're, we're shaking things up. You know, because a lot of these industries, they get ideas from kids anyway. Does the kids really know what's what best, you yeah. know what I'm saying, my students are arguing with me, I'm trying to figure out like, can I wear Nike sneakers with Adidas track pants? am I too old, am I aging myself, is, is 30 like the new 50, like come on, like, what, what's, what's the music that, that we listen like to <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's just that
0: that's dope, cause you like, you, you've you been creating opportunities for the kids, and I'm sure they appreciate it, you know, I know you you, you probably feel some satisfaction coming from that scene, from where you come from, and like the, the programs that you that you had, you basically are making a the same program you had before, but just like making it even better.
1: It's a testament that it's like, oh, it's a 360. I was a student, teacher, entrepreneur. This can be your child. This can be you, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's, it's good. No, that's Nice that's 360.
0: Fire. Congratulations, that's fine, man. So I'm also trying to ask you this. Do you feel like with the Instagram and the internet and Facebook and, you know, everything being so photo-oriented?
1: In the midst of photography, and videos kinda of being popping or something yeah. to do and even oversaturated, somebody might, you know, honestly find themselves. So I'm I'm not mad at that at all. I can't tell you how many friends I have who may even be like 10 years my senior who've lived lives as drug dealers, mm-hmm. kingpins, you know what I'm saying, pimps. They just kind of live like life on the edge. You know, they found themselves, rehabilitated it back into society. Mm-hmm. And they come to me like, yo, I want to be a cameraman. I want to direct videos. Yeah. And I give them all the advice I can. I even work with them. And people call my phone one in the morning. What about this? But I'm all for it. There's more than enough room that everybody to eat.
0: Oh, yeah. no, nah, no. Nah. I feel like that's... You, you either find
1: yourself or find yourself in trouble. Yeah. Exactly. No, 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 nah, on. nah,
0: nah. You're right. You're right. I mean, I just think it's crazy because they got all these apps. You know, they got the Triller. They got, like, I don't know. And right. it's all, like, video and... and photo-based. Photo-based, you know? Like, so... People say the music game is saturated, but, like, you know what I'm saying? F- like Photography could be... Everybody has an mm-hmm. iPhone. Like, anybody can go take a sunset picture. And, that's what I tell my, what my students.
1: I mean? That's what I tell my students as well, too, that... The camera is the biggest tool in communication. So every semester, once I get new kids, I always kind of start off with the camera being the biggest tool, mm-hmm. the biggest form of communication. And I break it down like I say: Any of you guys have family in Puerto Rico? And you know, how do you know what's going on over there? Like you know, with the hurricanes and the disasters, and how do you communicate with your family? And you know, they they all equ- equate it to cameras and photography yeah. in some way or another. And then I kind of opened their eyes. I'm like, you know, you guys live in New York. You're subjectable to like 10,000 advertisements per day. day. Like, how do you get those Nikes? How do you know? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And even if like they're not reading magazines and ads like how we were, Mm -hmm. they're going to Instagram. And Instagram is what? A photo-based platform. Exactly. Even like, you know, when when I got with y'all, that was kind of like my second coming of kind of getting my feet wet. So to me, the recipe would be persistent and just kind of like find your lane. People watch me work and I think that kind of makes them a little bit inquisitive. Like, how can I be a working photographer or a working artist? Like, I really want to change the narrative. Like, I don't like that term, starving artist.
0: So you always, would you say that you you, you always shoot with intention?
1: Probably 70% yes, 30% no. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to kind of test the waters and figure out what works for you. And then once you kind of have that formula, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, it makes things a little bit easier. Because mm-hmm. now the difference between, you know, film and digital is that a roll of film and have 35 frames on it. So you're definitely strategically thinking, you know, this might be like $10 a pop or mm-hmm. so for this film. A memory card, 512 gigs. It probably gets you 20,000 photos at 14, 16 megapixels a pop, so mm-hmm. it's like, all right, I got the I got the opportunity to do it, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I think that doesn't develop you. Usually when people are in a jam, that's mm-hmm. when they try to figure something out, yeah. or they say, damn, if I would've did this differently. So the digital camera kind of makes it where you're not in a jam so much because you have space to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, you might forget your batteries dying. You ain't bring another battery. Mm-hmm. You might forget your memory card's acting up. Like, who knows? Yeah. And then then you're really assed out. So you like, feel like... when you, You're, you're low-key assed film? out. How about that? <laughs> low-key assed Everything out. Everything low low-key. Really, I
0: think you're really assed out at that point.
1: <laughs> and it's a wedding. Mm. And they paid you a $1,000 deposit. Oh, wow. What you gonna do then?
0: You gotta call somebody.
1: What you gonna do? And they about to say, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Close your eyes. Imagine that. You at the wedding. They about to say I do. Your battery died. <laughs> nah, Because you were shooting everything else earlier and you, yeah. you, you just kind of forget. Mm.
0: Can you explain to me the importance of hip-hop to you and
1: photography? It's weird because hip-hop is not even 50 years old yet. We're still capturing like history. Somebody told me the other day, my homegirl, my agent, she kind of blew my head up. But I, I didn't think about this like okay. this. Right, because she was like, Yo, like you got um pictures of like Nipsey hustle and and stuff like that. She's like, Yo, like our kids' kids are going to be singing this and some of the subjects that you were able to capture yes. and the stories that go along with it mm. is like, yo, so I'm like, damn, I never thought about it like that. DJ VIP is Nipsey's um DJ. All right. And my boy Tia, they had a close relationship. So they would bring me out to like Seattle. We went to we went to Colorado, to these shows. And this is before, you know the East Coast really caught wind of who Nipsey yeah, is yeah, yeah. like before he even had the beard. And I would go out and photograph these shows just because I believed. Yeah. Okay, my God said this is his guy VIP. This is Nipsey. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Oh, we go to Seattle. Alright, let's do it. He's like he was trying to like you know yeah, work on some projects and we did it. And then. Around this time, two years ago, Victory Lap came out. Mm-hmm. So I went to the Palladium. That was like my third time, you know, capturing him. And then the next day, he had like a party. It was funny because he had like he had like a private room inside this party. I guess like for families All or right. whatever. Parents were there. It was oh, mad wow. cool. And for some reason, inside that room, there wasn't no photographer. So this is I'm telling you because there's an image of Nipsey on his page with him and Alan Iverson that I took. Mm. And then the night before he posted this image, I took of him in the dressing room or whatever. I think security or somebody brings me into the room like, yo, photographer, they looking for you. Like, mm. yeah, come here, come here, come here. I think Nipsey was like, yo, what up, OG? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you know, I need you to capture this and just float. Yeah. You know, he was like, just float. And you know he like he must he was really a fan of Alan Iverson because he wanted somebody to capture the that picture so to me that really answers your question like the importance of photography and hip hop yeah. people still want to capture these moments god bless nipsey hustle
0: yeah rp nipsey that must have been kind of kind of an interesting experience especially right. looking back at it now
1: to me that's also like you know these artists are real people and they have lives so if you're capturing something kind of just I mean, you could capture it, but you got to use your best judgment. Even when I write my contracts, you know, I can't go verbatim, but there's something in there that says I'm using the technique mm-hmm. and, like, the best judgment of these images and, you know, when, it, when it's time for you to receive them. Yeah. So I would rather take... I have images... I don't give everything to the internet. You know, like I said earlier, the photographers, we got to make people look good. Make sure you capture somebody. Make sure it's their best image. Don't post it because of the Cloud. name and who it's attached to. Mm-hmm. But make sure it's it's the best image. R. I. P. To Pop Smoke as well.
0: Yes, sir. R. I. P. Pop Smoke. You got any, any any big projects coming up for twenty twenty?
1: Uh huh. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna just keep it low key. I mean, I'm actually in the midst of developing a, um, a storefront, mm. that kind of service for photo shoots, podcasts, you know, seminars, health, wealth, tech, and education talks. Mm. Place where people could kind of shoot each other know, shoot artists, models at an affordable rate where they could kind of do their reviews, their podcasting right in my neighborhood in Hunts Point. We're trying to get that going. I got a clothing line developing. I'm not going to say the name, but when it comes mm-hmm. out, I'm coming back to low-key trash and I'm dropping off yeah. some shirts. You look yeah, like a size do. large. <laughs> please do. And it's very fitting for what I do. You're going to know it's me, but I'm not you know, saying anything. So we're, we're really trying to develop the Old Harlem brand. Mm. which is Instagram, All Harlem World. So there's a page that we just kind of cover everything in Harlem. So I kind of stepped in. Shout out to Norm. Norm's in the building. Norm's All Harlem World. He got the All Harlem jacket on.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) So we're really trying to develop, you know, like, how Harlem is being expressed, especially... In the midst of gentrification, there's other people that have, they have hot spots to eat yeah. and all this other stuff. We like, yo, why you don't have Dirty Kitchen on that page? Mm. What happened to Japs? What happened to Willie's Burgers, the original one? Like, what's up? Boulevard Bistro. and Angels <laughs> Boulevard and Bistro. Nah, nah, nah. I see nah. that a lot around there. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So, we're really, I mean, no offense to them. I haven't been there yet, but nah. I'll definitely stop by. Yeah. So, we're really trying to preserve the place that means so much to me because that's kind of where another, like, turning point where I got my feet wet all Harlem world
0: how you feel about gentrification in the city right now I feel like it's not just Harlem you know it's, it's everywhere right
1: so I kind of touched on this earlier but mm-hmm. I didn't go deep so in Hunts Point right the point specifically the community development center where I learned photography at the point right they house Tats crew right Tats crew mm-hmm. world renowned graffiti artists alright you know they these guys with doing graffiti on the train and managed to make a living of it. They're doing their damn thing and mm-hmm. they're staying true to the culture and they're receiving big checks mm. from everybody. And it just kind of started off with you know, graffiti, tags, and murals for people mm-hmm. who kind of passed away, right? 20 years later, 30 years later, you see that in the city. People are thinking hipsters. Oh, hipster, gentrification, graffiti, over here, you see where we at. 20 years ago, we had the photography program in Hunts Point. You see a neighborhood with people with cameras around their neck, people are thinking hipster gentrification. No, like we were doing this in the Bronx. It was a natural thing. Like it was kind of like second nature. We were artsy, if you're, you know, people oh artsy, hipster, no, yeah. we, yeah. the only difference is Hunts Point isn't as sexy as our next door neighbors, 138th Street, you know, they're closer to Harlem, to Manhattan, you know two trains into the city, four stops away, million-dollar condos, mm-hmm. we still kind of get overcasted by, oh, there's truck traffic, there's um drugs, there's prostitution and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I feel like gentrification kind of is going to take its course. But even even this, not to be funny, you know, Hunts Point was kind of known for prostitution and hookers. And what's the world focusing on now? Sex, sex workers. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying you know we need help too, but this yeah. is something that kind of plagued us for mm-hmm. years. It's taking this course in certain areas, but also people are, are mis- misconstruing. misconstruing yeah. Bike lane check, camera around your neck.
0: <laughs> it's not. That's that's it. I think. I think you I think skateboard.
1: Yeah. You know, but we got some skaters, and you no know, mm-hmm. skating is a, a urban kind of thing too. Yeah, skating. But, yeah, that's, you know.
0: that's crazy, man.
1: That's oh, that's, man. That's, what, that's my low key politic talk. Everything low-key.
0: Um, what's some advice for the young photographers or videographers coming up that you would give right now? You know what I'm
1: saying? I want people to, to exercise their eyes a little bit more and to challenge themselves more than anything. I'm not too harsh, so I just always tell them, like, you know, just kind of shoot with your heart. Shoot with your gut feeling, whatever that feeling is. Yeah. Just shoot with that. Don't think about the money. I mean... Y'all got it good because we be dishing out some cash for y'all. Stipends and all that. <laughs> mm. And I also feel like this generation doesn't believe in interning or, you know, kind of like gaining that experience or what it may look like. So I think that's a disconnection. I definitely tell the kids to just go with your gut feeling, study your craft and, you know, just take advantage. Like, you know, back to Jamel Shabazz, like he just kind of captured, you know, a whole era that can't be captured no more, no matter how many people... Bob Gazelle shades mm. Sherlings or Sherlings or Adidas or whatever comes back in style this is not gonna look like 1989 when he, Jamel was out there and all he did was have his camera on him communicate with people and capture those moments
0: damn thanks Donjay. thanks bro, for coming on you guys low key trash. trash you heard on Berg here yeah, <laughs> with uh, my man Donjay, the flash photographer
1: I appreciate that thanks for coming on bro thanks a million love you guys
0: Yeah. <laughs>